0: And now it's time for the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome into the Tim Donnelly Show on this Tuesday morning here on the WRAD Radio Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM. We are live inside the Mockadoo studio. Guests and callers join us. On the Baker Team Hotline, that's 540-639-4900. That's 540-639-4900. Producer Lobro joins me today. And, uh, and before we get started and, and jump into the biggest stories in sports, we need to make sure you know what the biggest stories in sports are. We need to make sure you have something uh, in your arsenal to whip out in a sports conversation that you may find yourself in today. Uh, and, of course, we use Gotcha Covered for that.
0: No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered.
1: And today in the sports world, everyone continues to mourn the passing of of Kobe Bryant and the eight other individuals on the helicopter that crashed into a hillside in Calabasas, California over the weekend. And, And rightfully so. We will continue to do so as well. Um, and it's one of the few times here in the Gotcha Covered segment where I'm not going to tell you what to think. It's a complicated question. It's, it's how you feel, and I can't tell you how to feel. Uh, so, so you react in the way that you want to react, that, that your brain and your heart is telling you to react, and, and we will all continue to do the same. Uh, again, thoughts with everyone that was in that helicopter as well as their friends and family. In the NFL, Browns have named a new GM, Andrew Barry. He is now officially the youngest general manager in the entire NFL, a five-year deal for the former Eagles vice president of football operations. As I mentioned, the youngest general manager, just 32 years of age in the entire NFL. How about this, everybody? The Browns finally realized that traditional means don't work for them. After two decades of, of just tremendously awful football, they're finally trying something new. Remember, uh, what is the definition of insanity? We've all known it since we were kids, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Where the Browns finally did something different. They're hiring a youngster with fresh ideas, new outlook on life. He's a Harvard guy. We'll see if it ends up working out for him. ACC roundup time real quickly in the the Covered segment. Clemson once again puts distance between themselves and everyone else in the Atlantic Coast Conference with four more commitments on their junior day when they had quite a few talented prospects on campus, including two names that you're going to want to get to know, Corey Foreman, uh arguably the number one recruit in the class for 2020 a six foot four inch 260 pound defensive lineman but that's not the most impressive part about his commitment for the Clemson Tigers it's the fact that he is from California Clemson once again has established themselves as an absolute national recruiting power and the gap between them and the rest of the ACC continues to grow With not only recruits like Corey Foreman, recruits like Jake Brinningstool, who might just be, and I say just in in sarcastic quotation marks, just the 53rd overall recruit in the country, but he's the number one tight end. It seems like every single recruit Clemson signs is pretty darn impressive. Virginia Tech and the rest are going to have to out-identify, meaning find diamonds in the rough, and out-develop Clemson if they want to achieve a lofty goal like winning the ACC. Uh, Sticking with the ACC, Virginia Tech basketball tonight taking on Miami on the road. Virginia Tech comes in 14-6, and 5-4 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Miami 10-9, 2-7 in the Atlantic Coast Conference, having lost six of their last seven, including their last four straight. So Miami not exactly on an absolute tear, but they do have talent. Chris Likes, hundred and pound dynamo of scoring ability, averages just under 16 points per game. I would expect Wabisabidi to get that matchup defensively and, and battle the entire game. You look at Vasiljevic. Vasilevich, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that as correct as possible, as well as McGusty, and that gives Miami three guards, averaging 14 plus points. The perimeter defense for the Hokies will be tested, and they also have some size down low in D- Rodney Miller and Sam Wardenberg, both 6'10 plus, averaging at least six rebounds per game apiece. Well, Guess who's out in Texas, deep in the heart of Texas? That would be Justin Fuente and Bill Tierlink, their defensive line coach for the Hokies. As the hashtag Texas2VT movement continues to grow and build, it appears as if more of their resources will be spent sending coaches deep in the heart of Texas. And here's what you need to make sure happens. If you are expending resources to put coaches there, expending time spent in Houston and the Texas area, then you need to make sure you are coming back with something. Don't make it all for naught. Find recruits that want to leave the Lone Star State and come up here to the Commonwealth, or else all of this effort and and money and time ends up being for naught. Phillip Rivers, according to Jay Glazer, his career with the Chargers is over. Let this be a lesson to NFL teams everywhere. You can have a solid quarterback who's not a great quarterback for 14 years and come out exactly where you started. 14 years, six playoff appearances, just one conference championship appearance, eight Pro Bowls, 59,000 passing yards later, and they are right where they started. It's the Philip Rivers Conundrum, aka the Wheel of Mediocrity. Once again, that's the Gotcha Covered segment, top of the hour here on The Tim Donnelly Show. It is also a Tuesday, which means it is a top Tuesday, which means. Uh, following got you covered in each hour we're going to hit you with a top list right now it is time for the top three it's top tuesdays with tim donnelly here's your top three we are still in, in the process of celebrating kobe bryant and and uh, just in the interest of of moving the show forward, uh, although you know, you never want to forget, you never want to move on per se. Uh, today will not be a show like yesterday where where we spend quite as much time um, highlighting things about Kobe. But when you have a top list, um, it seems like it is appropriate to to go ahead and throw the top three Kobe moments. Now, uh, you know, it, we could have done a top 100 Kobe moments, um, but but top three made it a little bit more fun, a little bit more challenging a little bit more difficult to whittle down, you know, one of the all-time great basketball careers of all time down to to just 3. So, so uh should be fun it's not just basketball career either. It's it's uh, a post basketball career and a few other highlights as well. So, uh top 3 Kobe moments number 3. Winning an Oscar. I I was surprised at how when I started sorting out the the uh, when I started sorting out the the highlights, right? And there's five championships to choose from, an 81 point game. There's uh, the game against the Mavericks where he had whatever it was, 63 through three quarters. Um, there there's an insane amount of highlights, dunks, uh, All Star MVPs, dunk contest wins, uh, game winners, banking them in, pulling up, you know the. That there were so many that, that the, the Oscar win stood out to me as much as it did because I'm a sports guy first and foremost, right? My, many of my earliest memories involve sports, watching sports, playing sports, talking about sports. Much of what I do on the day to day is centered around sports. Today, my schedule is centered around or my schedule is centered around, you know this sports show in the morning, uh, the Hokie game tonight against Miami. Right, my my life and many sources re- re- revolves around sports. So I was surprised at how impressed I was when I started making this list um, of Kobe's Oscar win. But but I think the thing that stood out to me was it proved that that guy was going to be the best at whatever he fell in love with, right? He, he became the best basketball player seemingly because that was the thing that struck him as a young person and he worked on. But it took him three years post-basketball to win an Oscar. There are movie makers, producers, actors that work their entire lives hard, aggressively, never even sniff an Oscar.
0: But they didn't work Kobe aggressively.
1: It took Leonardo DiCaprio, who seems like one of the most dedicated actors on the planet decades right. to win an Oscar, right? So, so um, the moment where he won an Oscar was the moment where I realized, oh, this guy could have been anything, right? If, if, if as a seven-year-old, he fell in love with writing, he would have written the next Harry Potter. If as a seven-year-old, he would have fell in love with singing, uh, you know, he would be Neo. I don't know. He'd be, he'd be <laughs> I don't know why Neo was the one that popped into my head. He'd be Ed Sheeran, right? I, I I don't know. It it's just it, it's it's incredible that you could so quickly rise to the pinnacle of another industry. Yeah. So so his Oscar win to me was, you know, it validated so much of what we thought about him as a basketball player.
0: And as a person too, I guess. It, yeah, and, and we'll
1: get into the the complicated nature of him as a person, but but so much of what I believed about him as a basketball player was he's six six with good athleticism. Great athleticism, but so is Tracy McGrady, and so is Vince Carter, and so is Demar Derozan, and so is this, and so is that. And there's a lot of people out there that are six six plus with elite athleticism that don't become Kobe. And and you know I always thought there was something in his brain that allowed him to go above and beyond his potential. And and the Oscar win proved that that is true, right? You could take away his athleticism. It doesn't matter that you're six six. It doesn't matter that you can jump out of the gym or that you can knock down a jumper when it comes to Oscars and Academy Awards. That's just, you know, uh, another side of it. Number two. 81 points in a single game.
0: Goodness gracious. Goodness, absolute gracious, right? There's there's some games that don't even reach 81 points. 81
1: points from one individual is bonkers. And it's it's, it's again. It's the second most ever scored in a single game by a single player. With the most being a game that was so long ago that we don't have footage of it. Hmm. It was not filmed. Not saying it wasn't on live TV. It was not filmed. We have no footage of Will Chamberlain scoring 100 points in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It comes from another era of basketball or, or another even, you know, incarnation of the game of basketball. 81 to me is is absolutely absurd um 81 points that's amazing I mean you know in his best season he averaged 35 <laughs> man and, and that and that is like the the what the second highest scoring season of all time uh or whatever uh, of the last 50 years uh he doubled that and then added another 11 points on for for kicks and giggles um and, 81
0: and you know that's amazing cuz like i try to like i love going out and just kind of like messing around shooting a basketball and stuff and i won't even make it half the time but like for someone to make it like not 81 times but as to get that many points like, with good defense jalen exciting. rose was
1: on the raptors at the time he, he's a solid perimeter defender um 81 81 number 1 the 3peat. 3 back-to-back to back championships. Reason being, Kobe very obviously modeled his game after Michael Jordan. Uh he obsessively mastered Michael Jordan's footwork. His his fadeaway looked like Michael Jordan was shooting it. His intensity mimicked Michael Jordan. Um of the last since 19 what is it? 86 the only two individuals or the only two teams that have won back-to-back titles, back-to-back-to-back, excuse me, a three-peat, are Michael Jordan's Bulls and Kobe's Lakers.
0: Something poetic about that.
1: LeBron in Miami never did it. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant never did it. Tim Duncan never did it. The Bad Boys Pistons never did it. The newer Bad Boys Pistons never did it. Mavericks never, like it just doesn't happen. And he was able to accomplish that alongside Shaq. Um, and and like you said, there is something poetic about it. He he was always chasing Mike, and he he equaled him in at least that. Right? He didn't get the six championships, but he equaled them in the most consecutive. Let's take a break. We're gonna do one more uh, little reaction here to to Kobe's passing on Sunday, um, and and it's gonna be uh, a serious conversation. Stick
0: around. He's Delaware's best holder. That's hilarious. It's not meant to be funny. It's meant to be devastating.
1: The Tim Donnelly Show will be right back on WRAD. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show on the Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD. Um, more thoughts on 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 Kobe's passing, and and this one is is kind of unusual, right? Because we're now getting to the point where where real thoughts are popping into your head right at first it, it, i like everyone else right it's it's sad and it's and it's the the eight other people including his daughter on that that aircraft and and it's sad and it's sad and it's sad and, and now you're getting to the point where you know some some different thoughts pop into your head what why am i sad about someone i've literally never been in the same building with right well why am i um acting as if a close friend passed away. And and it's, you know, and maybe you're not. And, and I wouldn't say I'm acting as if, you know, a close friend passed away. I would be doing more. But, but here's the deal. It's okay to be sad. Right? Many of us grew up with Kobe. There was not a year that went by since I was five where I didn't watch something on television where Kobe was on it. There's not, not a single year of from 5 to 29 where where I didn't have some interaction with something Kobe produced, either on the basketball court or on a talk show or uh, at the Oscars or, or any of these millions of other ways or on social media. So, yeah, it is – I mean, he's, he's not a close friend. Didn't know my name, right, and it never texted me. We, we weren't buddies on the weekends. But, but he was a part of your life, so it's cool. It's also okay to be conflicted about his past, right? There were accusations um, where where he openly came out and said, I believed our interaction was consensual with with a, a woman in Colorado, um, but I now realize that she doesn't and didn't see it the same way. And and he truly believed it was consensual, if you, if you listen to him. And and that is a conflicted past, right? Uh, th- there's been many think pieces written about how how events like this can trigger memories for people that have gone through as victims. Something along those lines. So it's okay to not want to canonize him. It's okay to not want to turn Kobe into a martyr or turn him into um, a saint. Right? I think it's important to acknowledge that he made mistakes. And, and we talked about this yesterday, but but he's, he's flawed as, as any of us are. And he made mistakes, but the thing that I choose to remember is what he did in the wake of those mistakes. By all accounts, he was not someone that gave lip service, right? He was not someone that said, oh, I won't do this again. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I want to fix this. And then two weeks later was out doing the same thing. By all accounts, he was someone that said, I want to educate myself and better myself based on the mistakes that I've made, some of which were serious. And then he actually went out and did it. So it's okay to be conflicted and say, I don't know how to feel about the outpouring of love that's going to this guy. I think what we all have to learn is to let others grieve in their own way. Right? Let them Deal with it in their own way. If someone wants to to have those conflicted thoughts and battle it, it's not your place to step in and tell them how to feel. It's it's not their place or to step in and tell you how to feel. And it can't be. And and it 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 absolutely can't be. So you know, I said it in 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 the gotcha covered segment. I'm not here to tell you how to feel other than to tell you how you are feeling is okay. I'm here to tell you it's, it's, it's okay to feel how you're feeling. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. I'm not going to tell you you should uh, you know, mourn. I'm not going to say that you should cancel your day's plans in honor of, of 24. I'm not saying that. I'm saying whatever you're going through. Whether you feel like you're overreacting to the death of someone you don't know or you are are celebrating someone who has a checkered past, however you feel, feel it. Let's take a break. When we come back, more of the Tim Donnelly Show, including the Browns, new GM. Stick around. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. Bright and early on this Tuesday morning, or actually the opposite of bright and early, still pretty dark outside as we start our days on a Tuesday.
0: You finally say it's the opposite of bright and early. Well, it's early. It's
1: bright and early. It's it's the infectious attitude that you bring to your morning that is bright, not uh, not necessarily the sun rising as of yet. I think we're all looking forward to when these days get a bit longer, though. Uh, oh, yeah. I can't I, wait. I'm definitely a fan of of sun in the morning, sun late at night, and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Um. This is the Tim Donnelly Show. We're live inside the Mockadoo Studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. That's 540-639-4900 for the Baker Team Hotline. Um, The Cleveland Browns hired a new general manager after having John Dorsey, who is an extremely experienced general manager for two years. They they sent him packing, um, largely based on the fact that he hired Freddie Kitchens to be the head coach this past year. And then it was revealed that he was uh, in over his head a bit, and and um, the Browns feel like they missed an opportunity to compete for a playoff spot this season with the talent that they assembled on the roster. So so yet again, it was someone who at at a point in time for the Cleveland Browns had a tremendous amount of hope attached to their name, and and did not work out. And it's happened time and time and time, and time, and time, and time, and time, and time again, right? Going back to when Bill Belichick was their coach. And and all that continues to happen is is it doesn't work out. And they go get an experienced NFL mind, and it doesn't work out. And they go, they go get a high draft pick quarterback, and it doesn't work out. And they get a, a defense put together, and it doesn't work out. So, so they needed to do something different. And we'll get to what they did differently in a second here. But right now we have a caller on the Baker Team Hotline. Lobro, who do we have and what do they want? We got Rocky here on the Baker Team Hotline. All right, Rocky joins us on the Baker Team Hotline. What's going on, my man?
2: Hey, I'd like to give Lobro some credit. I was listening to 105.3 The Bear, and he suggested that you could either run, drive, or take a boat to McAdoo's never heard of someone taking a boat but uh thank you Lobro. L- lobro's well yeah, question... looking at you
1: a little confused i gotta give you that credit but uh but he is now nodding and smiling and accepting your compliment
2: yeah yeah i just kind of got me off guard that one would take a boat to a restaurant in the mountains
1: and an-, so. an amphibious boat you know like a duck boat you can it's land and water
2: <laughs> yes or a hovercraft that 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 would work there you too. go um Tim, my question is about Justin Fuente being in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't we already have this conversation after Baylor? Like, Justin, you have to wear your wedding ring at all times just because you're in another state doesn't mean you get away with it. Is he spending too much time in Texas?
1: Well, we're going to talk about this later, but I think the answer is he's only spending too much time there if he doesn't bring recruits back right if 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 he's if he's there and he's spending recruiting budget which has been a a point of contention in the past if he is spending recruiting budget and and sending assistants there and using time and he's not coming back with high 3 four star guys then then yes he is spending too much time away from areas where i think there is a higher catch percentage um, but, but if he brings back more Alec Bryants and Robert Wootens, and if he brings back Demetrius Davis, and if he brings back Brandon Campbell, and if he brings back Landon Watson, and if he brings back the, these guys that can be difference makers here from Texas, then that's the opposite of not wearing your wedding ring. That's going into to Texas and taking recruits away from the, the people that he's supposed to be making friends with if he were looking to move there eventually.
2: Well, it feels like these hot recruits are only hot for one or two years and then the staff gets tired of them and they don't go on to become seniors. It seems like it's a constant turnover for these new, young, hot recruits. And then after two or three years on campus, it's like, well, let's just let them enter the portal.
1: So so Uh, would would you rather they not get good recruits because a few of them haven't worked out? It's like, well, it didn't work out in the past, so – why bring in talent anymore? Like, let's forget about it. I think you have to continuously try to to replenish the talent pool the best ways you can.
2: Was that recruiting trip to Paris that he took his family on? Was that kind of like trying to reach out and get more <laughs> Parisians to come to Blacksburg?
1: That was that was a joke, by the way. I don't believe he took his family to go see Wilfred Penne. Uh, Wilfred Penne was in a boarding school on the uh, here in America. So so when he committed, he's from France, but, but I don't believe that there were any recruiting trips to Paris. Uh, maybe I should have been more clear with the, with the joking nature of that, but um, he actually is a really talented athlete, and you'll appreciate this. It looks like he's going to try to make the wrestling team as well at Virginia Tech, um, which even though they lost the, the uh, upset to UNC, still a very talented team.
2: Well, I think that new weight room is going to look really great. I'm not in favor of painting everything in the world gray, I'd like to see some more inspiring color in the new weight room, and I definitely think the Hokies are going to have to spend a lot of time in the weight room this year because that's the one thing they can control is dominating the line of scrimmage. As far as the basketball team, huge game, huge Mm -hmm. game tonight against Miami. Let's go, Hokies. That's all I got.
1: All right, Rocky, appreciate it. That's Rocky on the Baker team hotline, Uh, and we're going to have those conversations in more in-depth uh, conversation during Hokie hour. So so obviously Coach Fuente being in Texas and a few others um, will, will, will definitely pop up, including that game against Miami tonight for the hokie basketball team Mike Young and the boys. Right now we're going to jump back into the Browns conversation, right? As I described prior to that call, um, they've been doing a lot of the same things with different people and expecting different results and instead they've just been the laughing stock of the league for my entire lifetime decades and decades. Like it's not like a downturn, right? This isn't even like a a tanking team that is doing so to get a top pick. And then is going to try to compete. Uh, once again, this is the Browns who have been a bottom feeder for decades. So I love what they did when they hired Andrew Berry, right? He is 32 years old, 32. And he is being given the reins of an NFL franchise. You may look at that and say, what in the world are they doing? But 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 I like it. Do something different to get different results. They're not going to be able to hand pick the best 50 year old with 20 years of, of excellent experience and take them away from another team. Because why in the world would that guy with options or that girl with options go to Cleveland? You're going to have to take a chance on a younger person that might not get a general manager opportunity at a more established franchise with more recent success. So give it to Andrew Barry, a Harvard guy with new ideas, who's worked for Cleveland in the past from 2016 to 2018, who went over and learned from the Eagles as the vice president of football operations. Sign him to a five-year deal and say, we are going to see out your... your your plan, your vision. Baker Mayfield, we have this guy. He's a former first overall pick. Miles Garrett, we have this guy. He's a former first overall pick or second. No, he was first, right? First, second, something like that. I think he was first. Like we have this talent. We have Odell Beckham Jr. We have Jarvis Landry. We have Nick Chubb. We have David Njoku, right? We have all of this talent. We have this guy you may have heard of Wyatt Teller on the offensive line former Hokie. What what needs to happen is we need someone to bring it all together and and it's it's got to be you it's like a producer on a on a music song on a on a track on a music track right you you can bring in all the biggest artists what, who are the Grammy winners Billie
0: Eilish one um Tyler uh, like Tyler the creator or Tyler like the creator one uh, um, Tool, Tool one, think Tool one. Hey, I didn't,
1: I didn't watch the the Grammys. If you can't tell, um, I, I'm pretty sure Lizzo won. Like you could get the f- seven biggest winners from the Grammys in a room together, but if you just tell them all to go in on on a microphone and sing their part, it's gonna be seven different songs played next to each other. But you need to get that that producer in there to say, I need you to do this, I need you to do that, I need you to sing this song in this key and this octave and this. Pace and all those types of things.
0: Yeah, Tool won best metal performance.
1: Tool. So if you got Tool, Lizzo, uh, Billy Eilish, um <laughs>
0: Tyler the Creator, Tyler the
1: Creator. I, I honestly don't even know it. Tyler the Creator is like a personality almost as much as a musician. I don't. Right. Really, I don't really know what he is. Uh, yeah, I don't um, know either.
0: I just see his name pop up occasionally on my newsfeed. And he used to do like prank videos, didn't he? Or I, am I making that up? I have uh, no idea. My point.
1: My point is this: they're bringing in someone who who they're hoping has the ear, right? And and a lot of times the best producers in music are not, you know, Quincy Jones, 70 musical genius with with classical training. A lot of times it's it's someone younger that has the ear. The Browns are hoping that Andrew Barry has the eye. Has the the feel for what's needed. That's what they're hoping for. So that's the Browns. When we come back, ACC roundup having to do with Clemson recruiting and what Virginia Tech is up against. Stick around.
0: Low bro doesn't know the weather and as always Logan is not a licensed meteorologist if you couldn't tell but your forecast includes more of the Tim Donnelly show on WRAD.
1: Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly show talk of the New River Valley WRAD 101.7 103.5 1460 a.m. as well guests and callers join us on the Baker team hotline 540-639-4900. It is time for something that we do occasionally where we look around the Atlantic Coast Conference and call it ACC Roundup.
0: There's a whole lot going on in the league right now. How about an ACC Roundup with Tim Donnelly?
1: ACC Roundup. We're we're, we're focusing on Clemson recruiting here because, as I say often, why are you playing if you're not trying to win your conference? Right? why are you lining them up if you're happy finishing in second if you're happy just winning the coastal so so the goal whether it's this year next year the year after five years from now has to be to knock Clemson off their 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 pedestal you can't hold them up there forever right in the last what 20 years we've seen a few teams that I wasn't sure they were ever going to lose right uh USC seemed like they were getting every number one recruit Right, Uh, They were great with Liner, great with Lindell White, great with Reggie Bush. And then suddenly they were getting the Joe McKnight's of the world. They were getting the best recruits every year. And I was like, when are they going to lose? Florida, right? They were great with Tebow. They were great with, with Chris Leak. And then suddenly they were getting the Cam Newtons. They were getting the Jeff Driscoll's. They were getting the biggest and baddest recruits. And I wasn't sure they were ever going to lose. But sure enough, they did eventually. Right, Alabama, same way. Right? They weren't even in the college football playoff this year. So you can't look at them and say they're unbeatable because the unbeatable teams in the past have been beaten. But Clemson is making it difficult to knock them off their high horse. Four more commitments for Clemson, all in the top 300 for the class of 2021, uh, came during their junior day, including Corey Foreman, number four overall, six foot four inch, 260 pound defensive lineman. Um, number four overall, number one overall, depending on where you're looking, um, number one player in California pretty much everywhere. Jake Br- Brinningstool, number 53 overall, but the number one tight end, right? That is what Virginia Tech and the rest of the ACC have to deal with for the foreseeable future, right? Control what you can control. You're not going to out-recruit Clemson. They have made themselves into the type of national brand that can replenish from everywhere. Brinning stools from Tennessee, Foreman's from, Cle- uh, from from California. They obviously dominate in the South when it comes to recruiting. They take players out of Virginia relatively frequently. They now have nine players in the, the 2021 class. All our four stars are better, essentially saying all of them would be crown jewels of a Virginia Tech recruiting class. So you're not going to out recruit them if you are the hokies. What you have to do is two things out-identify and out-develop. Right? I, I'm a big Survivor fan. Remember? Remember? Survivor the show? Oh, yeah. They, they have a saying outwit, outplay, outlast. That's that's the you know what you're trying to do with 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 Survivor. If you're the hokies, it's out identify, out develop. And then eventually outlast, right, and beat them. You have to out-identify. Meaning, Clemson is going to have an easy job because there's anyone out there that can identify five stars and say they're good, right? If if I had Lobro uh, assemble a team of recruits and and he does not pay attention to recruiting, he could look at rankings and say, give me the five stars and do pretty well. It's a safe bet. Virginia Tech can't do that. So they have to out-identify. They have to find the three stars, the four stars, the the unranked that have the potential to be as good as the five stars, and that's much, 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 much more difficult.
0: It sounds like it sounds like you know Clemson's got the bag of chips, and they've got all the big chips, right? The Hokies have got the crumbs in the bottom of the bag. They're having to you know take the bag and like scoop them up and all that. And what a wild metaphor. I'm just saying. That's what it seems like to me. The bag of chips metaphor. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Like, isn't it terrible when you have when someone else has the bag of chips and they eat all the big chips at the top of the bag, and then you're left with the crumbs?
1: But then, but, but then,
0: that doesn't take into account development, and that's the other
1: thing the Hokies have to do.
0: Yeah, you can't really make those chips bigger. You can't.
1: You can't get the the crumbs and combine them into one big chip. I tried, Um, (laughs) and, and that's the other thing they have to do. They have to take players that maybe have less raw natural ability, or have seemingly. Less raw natural ability, and develop them into players that can win. And and hit on a couple, right? Get the Brandon Flowers, get the Cam Chancellor, get the guys that that really really blow up and become NFL guys. Get the Michael Vicks, get the Corey Moores, um, get the Fuller brothers, or, or or whatever it is, right? You you know the ones that I'm talking about, the players that you you can build winners around. Um, big goals are necessary. I talk about it often. There is no reason to play a game if you're content being anything other than the best in your conference. So if you're, you're not content being anything other than the best in your conference, you have to set your sights on Clemson. And you have to look at what they're doing and think, what do we have to do to beat them? And unfortunately, one of those things you wish it was would be to recruit as well as they are. It's not happening. So you have to make up ground everywhere you can. Make it up in the margins. Make it up in in talent identification. Make it up in in development. Because because waiting around for the five stars to choose the Hokies is is a fool's errand. It is a fool's errand. You have to get a little better each and every day at a faster rate than Clemson is. Because they're going to start 20 meters ahead in a 100-meter dash. So every step you have to make up six inches take a break when we come back we're going to continue hokey talk in the hokey hour beginning with the top four list stick around